Hello and welcome to another edition of Retrospection, and in this episode, we're heading off to the futuristic past, with the cult classic Future Force from 1989. F- futuristic? You gotta well, go with that, you gotta stick with that past, one. Because it's set in 1991, right? Uh, wait, it's set like right before the yeah. film's made, it's not even like they went crazy with the future thing. <laughs> Well, well, we'll talk about how they set the scene when we get there. Okay. But, yeah, go on. My name's Colin, <laughs> and you have a right to die. If you choose to relinquish that right, you'll be placed under arrest and imprisoned. I haven't got all night. <laughs> and I'm Paul, and stop your snivelling, Johnson. Die like a man. <laughs> That's how I don't mean stop your snivelling, Johnson. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I mean stop I your snivelling, Johnson. Johnson was snivelling. Yeah. I saw the look on your face. Okay. I thought, hang on. <laughs> We've had a, a few emails recently asking us, what does Paul look like? Well, picture the caretaker of an old girl's school who lives in a caravan on the fields, but then vanishes after an incident with some of the girls. <laughs> Are we really? No. Oh, I go for, go for that. <laughs> <laughs> I told you about keeping a low profile, Colin. I mean, I know we're doing a podcast every month, but nobody listens right. to it, so it's fine. <laughs> That's true, right? We get more listeners if we just shout in Trafalgar Square. <laughs> I don't think we would. I think they'd, I think they'd leave pretty fast. Right. Yeah, uh, uh, make us move on. <laughs> We've got a small but loyal following, Colin. Mm-hmm. Right. This film stars David Carradine as Tucker, Robert Tessier as Becker, Anna Repagna as Marion, William Zip as Adams, Patrick Culliton as Grimes, Dawn Wildsmith as Roxanne, DC Douglas as Billy. Does, does nobody have last names in this film? Or first names? You've even... you but Hey, do, do you know how hard it was to work out who, who people are because no one actually calls each other by their name in the film? I know, tell me about it. I had to watch it with IMDb's left open next to me so that I could keep referring to it. So... There's also not much information in this film, except there is a sequel called Future Zone. Which you've seen, apparently. Yes, I made the sacrifice and I watched it last night. <laughs> it's not, it's not, a, not a patch on the original. <laughs> oh, it's not, is it not? All right, okay. <laughs> no. I can see the trauma in your eyes, Colin. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's a time travel film. Well, there's no time travel in this movie. No, no. Okay. I don't know why they decided to go with that. Maybe they thought it was a fresh approach. Mm. What? What? What's well, the time scale? What's when? How many years went by before they made the sequel? Between this and the sequel, do you know? One year. One year. Because it was made in 1990. This is this was made in 89. So yeah. So this was such a smash hit that they had to quickly Str- go into straight into it. Yeah, right. didn't, didn't even. Maybe the sequel's made from cutoffs from this one. <laughs> actually, actually, that can't be possible because there's no way they had extra footage. Oh, no. We can, and I'll explain why. I think, I think everything's on the screen, isn't it? <laughs> More than you could ever want. <laughs> Maybe they had to rush into doing the second one because, you know, you don't want to leave David Carradine hanging, do you? <laughs> you can cut that out if you like, but it just came to me. <laughs> oh. Silence. I'm just going to leave silence. <laughs> All right. 
So, do you have anything to add before we start? Well, like you said, the, any facts about this film have either been uh, erased from the internet or they, they don't exist. Um, the only thing I could find was that, that, that it had an alternative t- title called um, Future Cop, which kind of makes more sense. You have to talk about why it's why he's futuristic, I guess. It's a weird... Well, I can only think of one... Well, t- maybe two. The, the setting's supposed to be the future, and he has a certain piece of equipment and we all know what that is don't we ladies that um that that makes him futuristic maybe should have called it futuristic cop futuristic because he's not future cop i i I would have called it um fist cop you've seen a film like that before (laughs) don't you Uh, no colin i don't know what you're getting at um i mean he uses the subtitle is it's the long arm of the law oh that would be fantastic yeah yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, go with that one. Okay. If only we were around right. back then. Well, we were, but you know. Yeah. If, well, too 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 small. You're too small. Well, you were. <laughs> I've always been too small, Colin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, yeah, yeah. Height-wise, I'm talking. <laughs> oh. So yeah, there's 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 nothing else. It, it is a it is a, a an empty void. This movie. Oh, well, let's fill this empty void with knowledge about this film. Yeah, go on, go for it. We start with some futuristic synth music with a John Carpenter-esque style. It, it, it's um, it's all right. The music. It's, it's one of it's one it, of the best things yeah. about it. It's sparse too. It's what? Sorry. Sparse. It's not all the time. Oh yeah. It only occurs occasionally. Uh, the credits appear in blue. Action International Pictures. <laughs> that, that famous internet Action International Pictures studio. Yeah, go on. I, I've yeah. got a few of the titles written down as well, but go on, go for it. <laughs> a metallic font for the title of the mm-hmm. film. Looks good. Looking good at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we open on what looks like an industrial site, mm-hmm. some kind of factory, and then a narration starts. British accent of some sort yeah it, it's an interesting choice not to have an opening crawl but but instead just to get some slightly uninterested british guy just to read it out yeah the year is 1991 yeah so this futuristic film which pictures the earth as this rundown <laughs> crime-filled wasteland is set two years after the film was made <laughs> they're very optimistic for the future, weren't they? No, not at all. Uh, going, oh. going back to the credits, sorry, I had to say, I, when um, his name comes up, he's, I mean, he proudly announces a, a David A. Pryor film. I, I looked mm. him up. He's dead now. He died in 2015. But so, some of the right. classics he's directed were um, Jungle Assault, 1989, Man Killers, 1987. Ooh. Killer Workout, 1985, which is any workout for me. Is that an exercise video? No, it's a movie. I know, it's just an exercise. It's a movie. Oh, yeah. it's a movie. All and right. his most recent um, opus that he directed in 2015, the same year that he died, was called Relentless Justice. So I think you can Ooh. tell what, you can gather what kind of a, 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 a movie he's interested in making. Yeah, rom-coms. <laughs> Do you remember a time when... It was in the 1990s. Video shops like Blockbusters were littered with these kind of movies, weren't they? Yeah, this was this is the bread and butter because you'd go in 
wanting whatever A-list film had come out and you couldn't find it because everyone had rented mm-hmm. it. So then you went on with one of these. You, you, you went looking for the ones that had the, the most interesting covers on the boxes, didn't you? Or, or an actor... That's what you had to do. Or yeah. an actor that you, you vaguely remember from something else. Yeah, mm. yeah. So you went in wanting Total Recall, and you ended up something called Total Blackout, which <laughs> had a similar looking cover to Total yes. Recall. I mean, it, it's still going to this day. This kind of thing, isn't it? I mean, the, the the Sci-Fi Channel in particular do a lot of these kind of knockoff movies, don't they? Yes, they do. Mm. Yeah, it's weird because you don't have this same like. It's not like you go online and go, "Oh, I want to stream." The new Bond movie. Oh, you can't because there's a hundred people streaming. Yeah. I guess I'll have to watch this other knockoff yeah. thing. No. So it's it's funny. I guess they're just f- cashing in on something and filling their screen time. I think that's what it is. Yeah. 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 So our narration continues. Crime in America was out of control. Again, remember this is only two years after the film's actually <laughs> being made. Prisons were overloaded, and he uses past tense in this narration. Mm-hmm. Police forces were understaffed. Gun battles in city streets became commonplace. No one was safe. The cities had become the battlefields of the future and the criminals were winning the war. You've got to say, it isn't a scenario that's totally unbelievable, is it? It's, it's got more believable as, uh, since the film's come out. <laughs> that is very true, yes. Uh, there's a car with a guy laying in it, his feet sticking out the window. Don't know who he is yet. The narration continues. The public demanded change. The government responded. Police departments across the country were shut down. That's an odd way to solve your crime problem, (laughs) isn't it? But all right. And law enforcement was handed over to private enterprise. We see a cap with the acronym COPS across it. You know, my first thought... That's clever, right? My first thought went to uh, that cartoon show, Cops. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yep, Central Organization of Police Specialists. Ah, is that what it... That's what, the, that was, that's what in the cartoon. Oh, right, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. It's even written in the same yeah. font. Is yeah. it? Like that metallic? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. According to the narrator, COPS in this film stands for Civilian Operated Police Systems. <laughs> Do you think that systems was just tagged on because they needed an S? Yeah, but they could have gone squad. That's true, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's the easiest word to deal well, with well maybe they just didn't want to you know be predictable because I mean they are a bunch of unpredictable oh, guys yeah. when we as we see them later that, that that's yeah. true that's true ah uh, the narrator is still not finished within two years crime was under control but the price was heavy as justice as we once knew it ceased to exist while this is going on we see a video screen of two people who are wanted by these cops and then we hear an end of work whistle and we see people leaving a factory. We sense somebody's waiting in a car. Mm. We get a tremendous acting scene with what seems to be a drug pusher facing the realities of life as he deals with two of the factory workers. <laughs> you know what? Already I had serious alarm bells ringing at this acting. I tell you. <laughs> I've, se- I've, se- I've seen... Fan-produced movies with better acting than than this. <laughs> it is like this. Oh, so uh, where's my my script? Oh no, just just you're a drug dealer. Do drug dealy yes. stuff. <laughs> just just ask them what they want and what he can do for them, and then they'll say, "Oh yeah, have you got any of this or that?" And then just look behind your coat and that. 
pass a package. Just do that. Yeah, I, I was getting quite annoyed with you at this point. Because this is your suggestion, by the way. Oh. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what is he making me watch? <laughs> this is uh, Hammer Revenge. Yes, I thought that's probably what it was, yes. <laughs> a mysterious man gets out of the car. We were really focusing on his feet. It's like a shoe commercial. But those boots, mm, they look comfy. <laughs> they are nice boots, yes. <laughs> I'll say that for him. Yes, very nice boots. Yes. Finally, it's revealed that this guy is our hero. Tucker from Cops. To prove he's the law, he shows these guys his embroidered Cops patch on his sleeveless denim jacket. A patch that looks like he sold it on himself. Impossible to forge. <laughs> you know, these, these, this outfit looks like he's just stepped out of the Blue Oyster Bar in Police Academy. <laughs> yeah, it does. It took me a while to realise. It was only when I realised that they were all wearing them that this was a uniform. Yeah, I mean, it's like school uniform. Some people are wearing blazers, some people are wearing their shirts tucked in, some people are not wearing sweaters, some people have designed yes. their own sweater, but the, the badge is there. It's all you <laughs> need, Paul. You, you've got to say that um, David Carradine, he's not in the best of shape in this movie either, is he? Physically. Oh, oh well, no. I, I think he's he's perfect because we're living in a time, right, when you've got your uh, steroid-filled Schwarzenegger, your sweaty mm -hmm. Stallone, with all these physiques you can't ever dream of achieving, here we have a hero with a physique you could actually become. <laughs> you're just you're just four beers away from looking like that. It, so you, that's what's you think great we're being about really this. Really clever and aspirational for the audience. Exactly. You too could look like this slightly paunchy guy. Well, it, it's certainly a nice counterpoint to the to the muscle-bound action heroes of the time, I have to say. I believe that's what they were going for. Do you? you that's <laughs> what you think? Okay, yeah. it, was, it was the fact that David Carradine was the only guy they could get. No, 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 no. This is this is an absolute choice. All right, if you say so. <laughs> so these two factory workers back away from the drug dealer. Tucker informs him that he's committed a crime. He's presumed guilty until proven innocent and has the right to die. If he chooses to relinquish that right, he'll be placed under arrest. The guy reaches for a gun, but Tucker draws faster and takes him down. Then Tucker, who for some reason forgot all about these two other guys, mm. suddenly gets whacked around the head with a piece of wood and bear by one of them. Yeah, didn't he see the guy? Yeah, I mean, he, saw he comes out with a massive two-by-four, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the two backed away. You'd be like, oh, where are these guys going? Stay stay where I can see you. <laughs> Tucker slams into the ground. What's it feel like to know you're going to die, cop? Says one of the men. I, th I think you knew what that felt on day one of the shoot, to be honest. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> but then Tucker gets up and punches one of them in the balls. Yeah, it's a cock punch. See? It's, it's, it's a reachable aim. It's not like he didn't backflip over top of him and then in some sharp, sharp cuts that's clearly not the actor doing the work but a stunt double, do some spinning moves and twirl around. He just <laughs> punched him in the balls, Paul. It, it does remind me of, of the advice you gave me once that, um, that you passed on to me about always go for the balls in a fight. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Told me, you, you actually did tell me that once. You said, it doesn't matter yeah. how big and big they are, they'll go down. And he, no man can take it, you said. Although, that advice went wrong when you was in that Spanish ball ring that time. 
I'm like, no, this is don't go for the balls. <laughs> and oddly, they were the biggest part. Yeah, there you mm. go. Yeah. So a very slow and awkward fight scene begins with punching sounds that would shame a Marvel film. <laughs> yeah, I, I just wrote, what's with the sound effects? I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're very pacey. They are. It, it's almost like someone um, recording themselves banging their head against a, a tree or something. It's it's, yeah. it's huge. That's what it, the, he's just so much power. Is that it? All right, okay. Yeah. He looks a powerful man. He does, yeah. And with all this power, Tucker knocks them all out. Did, did we really need the close-up of the blood spurting out of the guy's mouth as well? <laughs> yes. Yes, we, we did. did. All that, right. That's how we get the 18 rating on our ooh, video. Right, okay. All right. Well, you're not, you're not renting it. You're going to that video shop. You're, what, 15, 14? You're looking for the 18 certificate. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. Yes. Yeah. As Tucker makes his way back to his car, he watches the two factory workers stagger off. First, he's going to go after them, but then changes his mind. He opens a case that reveals a mechanical hand. He straps the hand on, and blue drawn on electrifying sparks appear. At this point, the audience's correct reaction is, What? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's got a mechanical arm. That you can put yeah, on. It's like, it's like a glove, right? Yes, it's like a glove, yeah. Did you notice as well, doesn't David Carradine walk very oddly in this movie? Almost like a man yes. who's just shat himself. Yes, he does. Mm. I did notice that. Okay. He's very, very careful about where he was stepping. I wonder why that was. Do you think he's drunk? Possibly. Maybe he was sober for the first time in a long time. <laughs> Maybe he thought it's the first time he'd actually seen a film set without being sober. And he thought, have they all been like this? Is this his yeah. <laughs> well, these are par. Yeah. <laughs> no, is this bad? <laughs> Instead of leaving one of these factory workers, while revving his car says, I'm going to run this asshole into the ground. You, you, did the apparently... line, you, did the, you did the line better than he did. <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably had more practice just by saying it once. <laughs> yes. Uh, but apparently, this guy didn't bother to notice that Tucker had walked up to them and was now gripping the car by the roof with his special hand. Dig into the roof, don't they? Mm. And he says, wait for it. Need a hand? <laughs> <laughs> the line, the, the, the writing's just appalling in this film. <laughs> <laughs> oh. there, there, uh, do you think there's a, I think there's a few instances as well where he just makes stuff up. I don't think they had the money and the time for ad-libbing, Paul. I think this was heavily scripted. <laughs> Do you think so? All right. Okay. You think this director was very, very precious about his work? <laughs> yeah. All right. He's like, you can't change any of these lines. God damn it. Don't change the lines. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. The driver crunches the car into drive and floors the accelerator, but Tucker's mechanical hand stops the car from moving. I guess Tucker is also somehow stuck to the ground. Oh, that's why the camera focused on his boots in the beginning. Those are magic boots. Oh, he's got, he's got magic boots. Magic boots yes. and a mechanical arm. Yeah. Actually, it, I keep calling it an arm. It's a glove, isn't it? It's a mechanical glove. It's a glove. Definitely got to get it right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the work that's gone into yeah. this movie, I mean, deserves us to, yeah. to get it right. But yeah, magic boots. I never yeah. thought of that. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense now. <laughs> Does, yeah. Because there's no way, like, just having a 
mechanical glove would be able to stop a car from driving away because you'd just be pulled off the ground. Or it would rip his arm out of its socket. Well, no, it wouldn't rip his arm out of its socket. He's going to leave the ground before his yeah, arm gets true. ripped yes. out. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, maybe in cartoons that happens, Paul. If, yeah, well, see, but if the boots were magical and it's the boots that are helping him stick to the ground, then surely it would still rip mm. his arm out of its socket. Now that makes sense, yes. Oh, no, it's all shit. Yeah. You, yeah. I've ruined, ruined it for it, myself again, yeah. Yeah. Really stop overthinking these things. So, defeated, they give up. He tells them to sit tight while he wanders back to his car to look them up in the computer. Why, they're just going to sit there? But they do. Well, they they don't because sure enough, as he gets to his car, we cut back to the two criminals and one of them says, he's dead meat. Oh, yes, he they do. He the they? accelerator. Yeah, yeah. He speeds towards Tucker. Tucker mutters, so much for being a nice guy, turns and faces them, then raises his mechanical glove. For some reason, the two guys start screaming and covering their eyes, even though technically all they're looking at is a guy <laughs> holding the hand up at them. Yes, because he hasn't actually done anything yet. He hasn't fired no, anything. Um, nope, nope. No, yeah. Nope, it fires after they start he screaming. That's true. That eyes. is very so true. Also, when the guy says he's dead meat, did he forget the last part of his line? Because the way he says it, he says, he's dead meat. There's a little gap, like he's forgotten what the last word is in the, in the, in the line. No. No, he's not. Oh, you, you've really not followed this film. The guy next to him is called Meat. Oh, right. Okay. So he's talking ass. Right. <laughs> so, so he's saying, he's dead, Meat. <laughs> and Meat's like, oh, yeah. Uh, that makes sense again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, glad I could help you with this. Yes. Oh, you'll be seeing this in a new light. I, I will. I'm going to have to watch it again. Uh, uh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So now the glove fires a beam of light, which has no backward force because it doesn't knock his tucker off his feet mm. or anything, but maybe magic boots. Magic boots yeah. The car explodes and turns over. Tucker nods. <laughs> even though and he then puts the glove away. Even though he says all the way through this film that he doesn't like killing. Seems to kill a lot of people, doesn't he? <laughs> oh well we'll see how many he kills because we see his tally later <laughs> on. In his car, Tucker has a video communicator. He contacts Billy. Now, we've no idea who this Billy is. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy who tells Tucker about latest criminals. Does he work for cops? He he explains who he is later in the movie, doesn't he? Yeah, but does he work for cops or is he just a guy? I think he's just a guy. He's the tech guy. He's the, you know, the the sort of 80s, 90s tech guy at home helping him. Oh, I see. Where do you get the money for this stuff? Maybe Tucker pays for it with all these many kills that he makes. Oh, yeah. So he gives it to Billy. Billy builds this divide. Mm. Okay. All right. I mean, yep, B- Billy worked. Billy also has another 80s trope, which I didn't actually notice until the end of the movie when he fell out of it. Oh, he's in a wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair. Yeah. Tech guy in a wheelchair. Oh, we know why he's in a wheelchair. Well, we, we find out that out later, yeah, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. Billy asked Tucker if he used a remote. Nah, says Tucker. It's a little too fancy for me. But, you know, <clears throat> might be useful at some point. It's just subtly, <laughs> subtly. Reckon? It's like it's like a uh, beautiful clue laid into a film. It's like the watch in Die Hard. It's so <laughs> woven in to the it's, script. It's, it's subtle. It's very yeah. subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Mm. Tucker asked him to get information on Maxwell Jagger and James Mitchell. Those are the two factory workers. Billy yeah. reports that they, all they had was a few parking tickets. Tucker glances at the overturned car. Looks like they're going to get another one. I think that's I actually the. I think that's the best line of the film. I think. Oh, well, I can't think of any others. No. Mm. Yeah, there's a cleanup crew to come out. Now we cut to a guy tied up in his car, and he shouted, "Don't do it, man! I'll sign anything. Just don't do it. I'll sign. I'll sign." Now I assume this is a videotape of how they got people to appear in the film. <laughs> I, it can't be real. I mean, I mean, well, it could be real. I mean, this guy's he's got some of the best struggling acting I've ever seen. Also have he's... special disappearing skills. All right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is a guy called Johnson. He continues to plead for his life. And a man called Adams tells him it's a little too late for that and we don't negotiate. I'll give you my company. We already have it, says Hedgeman number two, known as Becker who's mm-hmm. pretty much in every TV series, usually guest stars yeah. as a villain on a biker gang, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I've seen him as a biker in the A-team. Yeah. More uh, than once, yeah. Yeah. They walk away from the car with Johnson screaming inside. Well, I say inside because it cuts between Johnson screaming tied up and a completely empty car. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but yeah. <laughs> oh. A digger approaches and scoops the empty car up. Mm-hmm. It's dropped into a crusher. Johnson starts to pray. The crusher closes down on the empty car. Becker and Grimes laugh as they watch nobody being crushed. Well, in all fairness to the movie, I mean, they can't afford things like a dummy. I mean, they've spent so much money on that mechanical glove that, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing left. Right. And then you take right. Carradine's fee of 50, 50 quid or whatever it was that they paid him to be in the movie. I mean, there's nothing left after that, is there? That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right. Looks like it's going to be a beautiful day tomorrow, Becker, says Adam. Giving time for that traditional phrase, crush a man until he dies and tomorrow you will have blue skies. <laughs> of course, he's forgetting that other saying, crush a clearly empty car and tomorrow you will not see fur. <laughs> we cut to Red Sunset as Tucker drives his Cherokee to the cops' headquarters and he keeps driving. A little bit more driving. A lot of driving. <laughs> there is an awful lot of driving in this in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's called padding. Yeah, the, I mean the what what's the running time? About an hour and twenty minutes, something like that? Yeah. 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 And about 25 about, minutes of that are driving. <laughs> yeah, about an hour of film. Uh, yeah. The building has the cop sign over the top, but for some reason, somebody has also sellotaped a printout on each door that also says cops in black. It's so that they know where they are when they go inside, because if they don't see the logo all the time, you, I mean, look at these people. They're not going to know where they are, are they? You know what it looked like to me? Have you ever been on a public film set? like a street that's been sort of closed off for filming and there's trucks Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. yeah. And they put up signs that are just yeah. handwritten t- telling crew or cast where to go. Yeah. It looked like they'd been left up from that. <laughs> they may well have been. I wouldn't be surprised. Inside, it looks like the green room for auditions for YMCA. Uh, do you know what? I thought this is the Blue Oyster Bar. Yep, same fart. Mm-hmm. They have a futuristic blackboard. 
But they they place a check mark out when they have a kill, and it's, it's they, they, they do they have a kill tally, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a blackboard, and then as Tucker comes in, there is a guy slowly doing a check mark on Tucker's line, so Tucker doesn't have even have to do his own check mark. Someone else does it for him, <laughs> and he's got ten kills, which if it's a Friday, that's two a day. Mm-hmm. If it's just Tuesday. He's, he's doing well that week. Yeah. 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 What happens when they run out of room on the blackboard? They have to turn it over and go to the back. Oh, no, it's stuck on the wall. Can't turn it over. Oh, right. Okay. Maybe they, Double- they just scrub it out and start again. Well, that would be confusing. He's like, I've got 22. Oh, I only see 10 there. <laughs> you know, it could. we're just assuming that this is a week. He could be really bad at it, and it's just it's just for like a month. No, no. It says week across the oh, top. Oh, does it? Oh, anyone... right. Okay. Yeah, because they'd forget. Well, I, I obviously clearly wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, hell, you, you have to drink in the set. That's what I should have been drinking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some of these guys are cleaning their guns. Uh, atop the room is an LED electronic board that announces when a new bounty appears. The, the mm-hmm. chocolate bar. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a person who's wanted. <laughs> Although you'd prefer the chocolate, but you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> running out. <laughs> so How many people for. do I have to kill for that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tucker tells one of the few women in the office about his latest kills. She wants him to bring one in alive for a change, and she pays him for his latest bodies, I guess, mm-hmm. that he's brought in. It appears that Tucker has a problem with one of his colleagues. Somebody thinks he's as good as Tucker. Mm-hmm. And we get an example of the sparkling, quick-fire, sharp dialogue in this film. Go on, remind me. Why don't you save some of the big money jobs for us, Tucker, when you're ready for it, replies Tucker. Oh, I'm ready. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. So they, they they both draw their guns, but Tucker is faster. Better find yourself a new line of work, smirks Tucker. Which, this great hilarity causes the others to laugh loudly. Oh, Tucker, he's the funny one. Well, <laughs> yeah, I always thought that about him right from the beginning. That he's obviously the you know the jovial one that with all the with all the one liners and the jokes. Yeah, yeah, but but you didn't say it like that. You went, "Ooh, you're a funny one." And Dad just didn't mean <laughs> the same. Wait, after he's walking away, and he tr- he's trying to push his pistol into his trousers. And he can't get it in. Did you notice? He's trying to push it in, and he can't actually find where his trousers are. Oh, no, I didn't. Doesn't he have a holster? Is it exactly. That was my point. He's got a holster. Oh. Why is he trying to shove it in back into his trousers? Oh, I don't know. Maybe he likes the warmth of a gun. <laughs> Gets his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't fire it, so it wouldn't be warm. I don't know. Mm. I have no... I, have no, mm. I didn't it's notice al- that bit. It, it's almost like David Carradine isn't really trying very hard. Are you really harsh on him? Not. He's, I like David Carradine. Just okay. not in this. <laughs> so we cut to Adams and Becker, who are in a plush office pretending to understand paperwork. <laughs> Oh, this act, this this is more quality quality performance. <laughs> and, and Mr. Grimes is here to see them. Grimes is dressed like a priest, but 
nobody mentions that, and it doesn't seem to be important to the plot. Yeah, he's wearing a he's wearing a dog collar, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I presume that's his day job in real life. Makes him even more evil, doesn't it? That he's a gang boss no, no, and that's... he's a priest. No, no, he he's not an actor. He's a priest. They just grabbed him and went, "Can you just do these lines?" <laughs> that's what I'm going for. It, it could well be true. Who knows? Com- comes with his own costume. So that mm-hmm. saves your costume fees. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Apparently, Mr. Grimes used to run the streets, but Adams tells him that he now wants a piece of the action. Grimes asks what will happen if he refuses. Things will happen, replies Adams. And then pointlessly says, bad things. Like, like Grimes was thinking, ooh, what things will happen? Good things? Raining chocolate? A dancing Kyla Minogue? Or dancing chocolate while it rains Kylie's? I don't mind. Well, what's it going to be? No, bad figs, mate. Bad figs. Mm. Grimes offers 10%. That's not enough. Adams wants 50%. Grimes is outraged, but Adams tells Becca to show Grimes how serious they are. Becca shoots his assistant. <laughs> he just turns around and shoots him on the spot. <laughs> can, you imagine if, can you imagine if that's not what Adams meant? He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I meant just, just, just go... Ooh, real serious. After I'd finished my sentence, I'll, I'll make a threatening move. Don't shoot our own guys. I, I, I just wanted you to show him the flow chart that we spent all morning working on. I didn't mean just yeah. kill the guy. <laughs> <laughs> and Grimes could just hold out for longer. Eventually, Adams would have shot all his own people. This is, <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> just, yes. just, just a pile of bodies in his office. Then Adams screams, this is how serious I am, and shoots himself. <laughs> Grimes just does the sign of the cross and leaves. <laughs> oh, I wish he had done End the sign of, of the cross. That would have been funny. <laughs> but Grimes points out that Adams is running a public business and that he has to account to them, and that's going to bring him down, and I'll be waiting. He leaves. Adams says, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Oh, oh, Adams is the funny one. <laughs> It's fluid. We uh, to, know, there's lots of there's so much humor in this movie that that you know all the characters. I know, you yeah. know, I, I'm having a ball so far. All right. <laughs> we cut to a woman driving in a jeep with '80s music playing that genuinely sounds like it's coming from a radio in the car, but I, then fades out without her touching it. I think it, I think it is. She drives a bit more. She does. It's a bit bit more driving. We got a shot of a nameless building and her entering. So we just had a pointless shot of her driving, an establishing shot that didn't establish anything, <laughs> and now shots of her walking inside this building. Um, and, what is all this stuff? None of this stuff needs to be here. I know, because you, you don't find out what she is until we get to the dialogue in a second anyway. So all that was pointless. No, because there's no name on the building. No, so just cut to the inside of the building with the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this lady is Marion. Uh, she bumps into another woman in the corridor, asks Marion where she's been, and that she's on in five minutes. Marion then launches into a life story <laughs> about her sister moving in, rent check bouncing, running out of gas. Who turns up to be live on television five minutes before it starts? <laughs> and why has a rent check bounced? What What are they paying TV journalists? <laughs> Maybe she's got, it is, it is the late 80s, early 90s. Maybe she's got a massive crack habit. Oh, yeah, maybe. Mm. Okay. That would explain it. The woman tells her to calm down as they go into a washroom. 
Marion says she can't come down as she's about to get the biggest break of her career and knows something will go wrong. The woman drags Marion out of the washroom. Marion says she's nervous. The woman says, there's nothing to be nervous about. Just go out on the air, smile, look pretty, and read the copy like you do every day. So this isn't Marion's first day. This is what she does every day. Does she do this every day? Yeah. It's just like, uh, is, it, is this woman going, oh, God, here comes Marion. She's going to do all this story. She's late again. Well, she does kind of give that impression in a minute, doesn't she, the other woman, when she, do, when she finally goes in to do the news? Because she, she slumps against the door, oh. doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. Well, this is the weird thing because Marion says, why are you so confident? And then the woman says, I have to. I hired you. This is Marion's boss. I thought it was like a, <laughs> a little assistant. Yeah, just a co-worker. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how? It doesn't, no. And then the woman goes, you look great. Like, why is this other woman obsessed about why she looks on, she's doing the news. She's not a fashion show. It, it, it's almost like someone doesn't know how to write dialogue. Yeah, I doesn't know how like TV journalists work. No, or... no I haven't done any research. That's ridiculous. I've got the time for that. Uh, I've got fourteen other well, other I... scripts to write this week. <laughs> I'll tell you what they did do research on. Go on. So we cut to a bar oh, called the DMZ. Yeah. <laughs> this is where the research went. You know, yeah, I, I'm it's shocked a... that this bar. I thought this bar would be busier. To be honest. Well, I'll tell you why it's not busy, because according to the establishing shot. It's in the daytime. <laughs> oh, you noticed that. <laughs> yeah, it's not nighttime. It's middle of the afternoon. Mm. And this sleazy bear full of topless women dancing on pedestals has got these cops sitting in it. And it, and it is literally every single one of the cops that was in the previous scene. Yeah. So just no, no yeah, one yeah, goes yeah, and does all... any work in the daytime. They all just go to this bar. And they... No. <laughs> They should just have taken the sign off that building and put it on DMZ, those cops, <laughs> the little paint. They'll do our work in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just move in. So uh, Tucker enters. He asks for a beer. Mm-hmm. He actually goes, beer. He does. He's a regular. And then They're fr- all regular. And throws a, yeah, and throws a crumpled note at the mm-hmm. guy. He then makes one of the other cops people move from his seat, even though... The place is empty, apart from the half a dozen cops in it. Well, he's got bad eyesight, you know. He needs to be near the front. I mean, let's face it; it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter because nobody seems remotely interested in, in the dancers anyway, do they? No, because for some reason they've got the TV on and it's tuned to the news channel. Yes. So they like to keep you know up to date with what's going on politically speaking. Yeah, you've got current affairs on the one hand, breasts on the other. Oh. And occasionally, some channels have tried to combine those two things. <laughs> they have indeed. I remember those those nineties yeah. uh, moments. Yeah. yeah. So we hear Marion talking on the TV. Uh, I don't know how you can hear her because there's music playing in the bar. But all right, Marion's report is about how corrupt, violent, and evil the privatization of law enforcement is, and where they are now less safe than they were before. Tucker is unimpressed. He shows how wrong this woman is about the needless level of violence caused by these cops by shooting the TV. <laughs> you just ask the guy to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, to change the channel. Put a music G- channel on. That bartender's like, Jesus Christ, this is like the 14th TV I've gone through in a week. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not impressed. There's no shooting here. Not ever. You know better than that, Tucker. Although, actually, the barman goes... There ain't no shooting in here, not ever. You'd know better than that, Tucker. 
It is another stellar performance. We're racking him up in this movie. I, I think it's method, really. I think it's, you know... He's trying to do one of those really OTT New York accents as well, isn't he, the barman? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, he's not trying. He's succeeding. Oh, is he? Right, okay. <laughs> you would know. <laughs> Tucker, Tucker gives him some money to cover the damage. An officer comes over called Roxanne. A bloody song. Every time I say a name, that song goes in my head. Just, just the chorus bit. <laughs> Nobody wants Sting in there, and, trust me. No. And she kind of offers herself to Tucker, right? She, she does. She's all over but, him. Yeah, but he takes a rain check. She says, any kind of weather at all. <laughs> oh, all right. Bit wet out there. Moist. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that word. Moist. By the way, going back to the, when she when uh, Marion's on the news and she's talking about how she's got the evidence on a tape, she actually takes the tape into the news onto the news program to and wave holds it, it, it up. That, that proves something. <laughs> also, if you've got evidence of corruption, why are you telling people and not? <laughs> and that gets worse later on. Yes. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, across town, Adams and Becker are watching Marion's report. She claims mm-hmm. to have a tape of Adam's specific illegal dealings and corruption. Adam turns the TV off. Oh, he's annoyed now. He wants to know how she has a tape and what does it contain? He tells Becca that he wants the tape and her dead are done tonight. Becca, and in the most unbelievable part of the film, goes over to the computer and starts using it. This guy does not know how to type or use a computer. <laughs> I'm not buying this. <laughs> he's just, he's just, is he even actually pressing the keys? Or is he just waving no, his like hands a, over the top? <laughs> it's like watching an ape with a speaking spell. <laughs> I'll tell you what it reminded me of. There's a really famous shot in a Doctor Who episode of Adric um, going to press some keys, which the actor obviously knows are going to explode in about two seconds. So he's kind of uh-huh. like... He's, he's kind of like touching them without touching <laughs> them because he knows it's going to blow. <laughs> okay. It reminded me of that. Also, that's a BBC effect from that period, so you've no idea what it's going to do. Could blow your arm off. Take your head off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, he creates a fake wanted report on Marion. So easy to do, apparently. Yes. She's wanted for treason and has been found guilty of a judgment of death. Becker says they just have to sit back and wait, but Adams wants him to deal with it personally. Becker says, my pleasure. Takes out his gun and cocks it in case you've forgotten what he was planning to do. Mm. Casey's like, I want you to take her out. He's like, chocolates, cinema, dinner. <laughs> no, 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 get your gun out. That's what you need to do. <laughs> and just to do you remember what you did to one of our assistants? It doesn't, doesn't he, he actually take the gun out and cock it in front of him just to show that he means business? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, it's not Adams, it's us. It's yeah. just to show us yeah, show us. business. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So help me out, Colin, with this, because I've got, I've, got, I've got an issue with this plan of Adams, okay? Maybe you, okay. you're obviously yep. the guy to go to when it, when it comes to, you know, nuances of script and, 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 and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So, so we've got Adams, who's an evil, he's running, he runs cops, right, doesn't he? Yes. But he's yeah. also an evil gangster as well on the side. Yes. Who we've seen already, he crushed one guy in a compactor, got his, yes. got his henchman to blow someone away in his office. Yes. Right in front of everyone else. Um, mm-hmm. But yet, 
he's concerned enough about this woman with this tape that he puts a price on her head and gives her a fake charge so that other people will hunt her down for him. But then just yes. tells his henchman to go and kill her anyway. Well, I, I assume Becker is, like, deputised. But if he's already killed two people illegally anyway, why is he that concerned about making it look like it's it's all above board? Why doesn't he just have her killed? Because she's already come out on the uh, news and said she has evidence against him. Did she, did she actually name him? She does at some point. I can't remember if it's at this point. Because if she hasn't yeah, named she does. him... I think she does. Oh, right, okay. I just, it just seems like he, he's kind of contradicted himself to me all the time. She's, which is odd. No, 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 no. No, no. no. I, thought, I thought it was she, strange. She named him. I thought it was strange in this movie because it's so it's yeah. so tight and, and, and well-structured and put together. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Billy is busy typing when a new wanted alert appears. He contacts Tucker. He reports about the bounty on Marion and that for getting her, it will net them $100,000. And he's also managed to conceal this from other cops, but not for long. So... These other cops, they don't have a, a Billy. I guess not, equivalent. no. No, they haven't got a tech guy. Mm, no. Okay. Now, what would I do without you, Billy? Oh, Tucker, don't do anything without me. It's more, it's more fantastic dialogue, but a little awkward. <laughs> it is. So now we get a, another section of Tucker driving down the street. What, what city are we in, by the way? Is it LA? Oh, I have no idea, to be honest. I just wonder, whatever city it is, we're seeing a lot of it. Yeah, are we though? <laughs> or are we just seeing the same streets? Because I'm pretty sure we're just seeing the same six streets. <laughs> I think you might be right there. <laughs> yeah. So we also see Marion drive into an underground mm -hmm. car park and pull into a space. But Tucker is waiting for her. He calls out her name. Who are you, asks Marion. Tucker, C-O-P-S. That's not how you spell Tucker. <laughs> He tells her she's committed a crime and been found guilty. She has the right to die, but if she relinquishes that right, she'll be taken to prison. She runs away. <laughs> she, well, she actually runs just through a door that doesn't go anywhere and then just waits on the other side of the door. Did she, was she hoping he was just going to give up and go away? I guess so. <laughs> Tucker rubs his head. Women, he mutters. Although everybody we've seen including men, have tried to run away. Nobody has gone, oh, it's a fur cop, kill me. <laughs> so I'm not sure what the woman comment is about because everybody does it. He waddles back to his jeep. And he does waddle. While Marion is still hiding behind the door, the unlocked door. Yes. <laughs> That's true, it's not locked, is it? Yeah. You, <laughs> no, no, because it's a public car, it's a car park. Why would it, you can't, she couldn't lock it. It's just... So, so you could just mm -hmm. open it. He doesn't want to do that, though. But no, suddenly Tucker's gloved hand bursts through the door and pulls the whole thing off its hinges. Apparently, this glove makes his whole body super strong, too. <laughs> Amazing. But maybe you, when you combine the glove with the magic boots, gives you that little bit of extra. They have to be yeah, out at the same time. That, you know, that little bit extra, you know. Up there. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, don't ask me to explain it, Colin. <laughs> oh, okay. Time to go, he says. She says, there must be a mistake. You're in the computer. He replies, not listening. She insists she's innocent, 
but he says he's taking her in, and if she's got anything to say, say it to the judge, because even the mechanical robot physics-defying hand isn't listening. <laughs> I would like it if he said that. That would be good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would. But two other cops turn up. They don't want Tucker to take Marion in. They have termination orders from the top. But Tucker says she's his. A gunfight breaks out. They've got shotguns and Tucker with his sparkling electronic bolt glove returns fire. He shoots one. Oh, then there's a standoff between Tucker and the other guy, who is the one we saw earlier yes. in the film doing a little standoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I told you to get another line of work. I like my job. Dying ain't much of a job. <laughs> so t- do you know, I'm sure I've heard that line in something else, you know. Well, it's kind of like, do you remember the um, John Bon Jovi song for Young, is it yeah, young Guns yeah, 2? Or the yeah. first one where it's dying ain't yeah, much of a living? That's probably what I'm thinking of, yeah. Would have been better. Like, I told you to get another line of work. I like, you know, my yeah. living or whatever. Dying ain't much of a living, mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know. But anyway, that's what it, we It get. is some of the worst some of the Stand worst shooting I've ever seen. <laughs> how are these people how are these people supposedly professionals? <laughs> and that gets worse. Yeah, it does in a minute, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> the standoff is tense. The hands hover over the side abs. Although Tucker can just shoot him with the glove. That is true, he's still wearing the glove, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think that would hamper him reaching for his gun and holding the gun too? I don't think we ever see him hold the gun and the glove. No, he doesn't. Because he puts the glove on yeah. the same hand that he uses the, to, to, to shoot with, doesn't he? Can you imagine he suddenly realises that he can't grab the gun with his gloved hand? <laughs> He's like, ah, shit! <laughs> but this guy looks at his dead colleague and has second thoughts and backs away. Tucker grabs Marion and pushes her into his car. You people are worse than animals. You'll even kill each other. Marion, that's not worse than animals. That's what animals do. <laughs> I wrote the same thing. I was pretty sure that animals do kill each other. <laughs> yeah. It's dreadful. Marion fight- I'm sorry. It is so dreadful. <laughs> Marion finds out she's wanted for treason. She knows it's Adams who set this up. She says that Tucker must think this is all funny, but... Unsurprisingly, no, he doesn't. Why would he find this funny? Yes. He's not going, oh, this is a laugh. <laughs> he says he doesn't enjoy killing. It's just his job. Really? Mm. <laughs> All right. Now, we cut to uh, Becca crossing the street slowly. Yes. Did you did you see what the, the building was that he, he walks in front of? No. What is it? it it's called Happy Burger. Yes. <laughs> yes, I remember now. Yes. But again, this whole, he, he walks slowly across the street. We see him open the car door. He gets into his Jeep and then he reaches for the phone, dials the phone. Mm-hmm. Right? Just cut to him sitting in the car making the call. Yes, I know. Why, why, why have we got all this stuff? It's just padding, isn't it? I wonder how long the script was. Yeah. How many pages do you think the script was? 40 pages? I reckon it It depends if they were using two ply or one ply. <laughs> <laughs> So, Becca tells Adams there's a problem. And he tells Adams about Tucker bringing Marion in alive. And that Tucker is the top gun in his precinct. Is Tucker the top gun because he's good? Or because he's got this bloody glove? I mean, he uses it all the time. He, he, he does, but he seems to also be a crack shot. <laughs> I said crack. 
by the way. Can, o- <laughs> can only shoot cracks. Yes. <laughs> well, you okay. know, I'm, I'm sure, so I'm sure the glove gives so him an edge. Yeah, mm. well, well, it does because he, he uses it every single <laughs> time. It's not like his last resort. <laughs> it's his first resort when it comes to getting through unlocked doors, apparently. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Adams tells Becker to take care of the girl and he'll take care of Tucker. Now, we see a woman and a man sitting in a car and as Tucker drives past, they give chase. She has a shotgun and fires at Tucker. A dreary chase takes place while an awful middle-of-the-road rock song plays. <laughs> what? What is it? What is going on with this soft rock music over the top of this chase? Because it doesn't add anything. In fact, it makes it worse. Yeah. It makes it even more dull. <laughs> yeah. It's a slow chase, and then we get dialogue that consists of, don't lose them, shut up. Yeah. Yeah, and the bullets seem to be hitting nothing as well. Oh, yeah, she takes shots at the Jeep from about three feet away, but keeps missing yeah. as they slowly drive around this disused industrial estate. <laughs> they haven't got money for put to, 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 to mess up these cars. They've got to give them back at the end of the shoot. Uh, maybe. Finally, she hits the Jeep, which sparks. Mm-hmm. They drive under a bridge. All right, my note here is this is one of the laziest chase scenes I've seen in a long time because they're, they're just driving in a straight line slowly. <laughs> yes. The woman, meanwhile, is behaving like they're moving at great speed and that they're swerving and jumping around. Yeah. But they're not. When you cut to the outside of the car, it's just a slow, straight line. It's, um, now they drive alongside each other, both missing. Stay with him, helpfully suggests the woman in the chase car. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker arms a smoke grenade and throws it out the window. It lands on the ground. And against all natural laws, then envelopes the chasey car and fills it with smoke. <laughs> they can't see anything. It's just, How would that work? Maybe Billy made it. It's a special one. You know, he's good with tech. But you throw a smoke grenade on the ground. They go, oh, that smoke grenade. Drive over it. And, and that's it. They'd be, it'd be behind yes. them, smoking away. <laughs> well, now this one, it magically clings to the car and fills it. They slam on the brakes. Oddly, when they've stopped, the smoke has gone. <clears throat> But for some reason, the woman is hyperventilating. She is. It's some great panting going on. But why? <laughs> if, if it's a lot of smoke, you hold your breath, don't you? You don't. You're thinking about it again, Colin. They notice they're on the edge of a cliff. As they're about to get out, Tucker rear-ends them. How are they on a cliff? They're in the middle of a city. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and they, they were driving under an uh, overpass. <laughs> Where's this cliff come from? And did you notice it seems to be the cliff that they use in every 80s TV series when a car goes over the edge? I think you've seen it in Knight Rider. Well, maybe the smoke was magic. Magic smoke. Oh, it crazed the cliff. It transported yeah, them. Yeah, maybe it did. Yeah. Yeah, it actually moved them in a cloud. Right. Okay. <laughs> Then we get another great line. As Tucker turns to Marion and says, bad breaks. So he doesn't like... And then pushes him yeah, off the cliff. Yeah, so he doesn't like kill him, but he had no reason to kill him because they were literally teetering on the edge of this, this cliff anyway. He could have just driven off. Yeah. Yeah, but he does explain it because Marion says, was that necessary? And he says, it was now or kill them later. <laughs> what do you care? We're just animals. <laughs> Actually, she said worse than animals, Tucker, but you weren't listening. Of course he's not listening. Oh, but the dialogue continues. I guess you should know. 
Welcome to the street, honey. I have no idea what they're talking about at that point. <laughs> so so many questions. <laughs> we cut to them driving along streets again. Just driving. They pull up alongside the bar, the DMZ. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's daytime still, by mm-hmm. the way. But those women, they're still dancing. And we're inside the bar. So inside, more hunters challenge Tucker. And there's a, another standoff until the day is saved. Sorry, you're calling the cops hunters. I, I, I was calling them hunters. I mean, I, yes. I, okay, I, I just clarifying it because that's the first time that's. I been can change used. it to cops. I don't want to think that. No, no, it's fine that it's hunters. Just, I'm just, you know, listeners would be like, what? Well, there's hunters in this now? Thinking like, you know, we're <laughs> cops and. No, I'll, you, I'll, I'll, I'll change it to hunters. So inside the bar, there are more cops and they challenge him. There's another standoff. Until the day is saved by the bartender, who fires a shotgun into the air and declares, Next one of you fires a gun in my place, will get a hole in his head big enough to pack a lunch in. What kind of lunch? Um, Plowman's? Pot noodle? <laughs> well, that's, that's a big hole for a It's a noodle. shotgun, though, at the end of the day. It's going to make a big hole, isn't it? Is the pot noodle still in the uh, plastic? Well, yeah, because you couldn't... You couldn't you couldn't make it and then pack it, could you? Because it'd go everywhere inside the head, wouldn't it? Well, you could pour it into his head. What, while he's still alive? Oh, he's got a hole in it now. Oh, yeah, to, to put the patch in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a bit awkward to have to carry a dead body around with you, though, isn't it? Oh, you've done it before. <clears throat> after, a tense, uh, <laughs> after a tense few seconds, everyone just backs down. Yeah, that's what they do in Tuck- this film. It's this third standoff that's just ended with people backing <laughs> off. Well, at the end of the day, if they don't back down, they're going to die. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tucker says that he wants some more information, but nobody seems to want to help him, seeing as he's just started wasting numerous amounts of cops in the last five minutes. That's true. He's done three so far, right? He has. I hope somebody's back at the at the uh, <laughs> those up. Is it a checkmark if you kill other cops, or is it a different sign? Or do they rub one off? Do you lose checkmarks? Oh, yeah, it's like losing a life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So they leave, pursued by all the other cops. Driving, Tucker gets Billy on the vid phone again, who informs him that he now has a price on his head, and it is wanted for murder. Did you see the age? Go on. Forty. Is he one of those people that's perpetually 40? Well, he was 53 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but but on I'd, that... I'd buy it. What? I'd buy it. I mean, he's obviously not looked after himself, has he? So No, but on that on that video thing, it says 40. I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, you are. <laughs> Billy advises him to leave town, but not before reminding him about the remote control for the arm. I just for, for no reason, it just reminds him <laughs> that he's got, you know, that you've got that remote control. We have forgotten about it because it hasn't been mentioned in a while. This film isn't that long. <laughs> and, and he hasn't used it. He hasn't used it. Do you think he will before the end of the movie? I, I don't think so. It would be pointless, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. can't see a situation arising where he might have to use the remote control for the arm. Nope. No. Nope. Possible. Be silly. It would. 
Marion also, said, what I can't I can't even imagine how this remote control works because the glove's on his hand. So how does he have a remote control for it? Oh, this will be interesting if it happens. It, it will. It's gonna. It's, it's, I'm sure it'll be amazing. It'll be well thought out and it completely mm-hmm. completely plausible. And 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 that you'll go. Oh yeah, that's so clever. Yep. Yep. Okay. I'll wait. I'll wait for that then. Marion says that Tucker could wait. just could just kill her and get himself off the hook. I'm not sure that she should be putting those kinds of ideas into his head, are you? No, he just turns around and shoots her. Yeah, considering what she's seen him do up to this point. She doesn't yeah. really know the guy, does she? Nope. No. No. But he says that it's just not his style. Meanwhile, Billy tries to do something on his computer and mumbles something about it, but the audio was so bad on the version that I watched. I, I couldn't work it out. Did you get any of this? Um... No, I haven't written it down. I can't remember what it was. It was t- he just mumbled something, and I couldn't work the, the out what he was trying to do. The audio's not great on it. No, no. You mean the, you didn't watch this on Blu-ray, Colin? I did watch. I didn't watch a YouTube version. I watched a better version, but it's still in four-three aspect ratio. Oh, I, I, I watched the YouTube version. <laughs> okay. Back at the cops' HQ, the report on Tucker comes through on the ticker tape machine thing that they've yeah, got the on the top. LED the screen, LED yeah. screen. And all the cops jump to it. All except the one that tried chatting him up earlier, Roxanne. She's less than enthusiastic. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't want to kill Tucker. She shows us that she's less enthusiastic about it by pacing around a bit, having a swig of booze, because, you know, she's conflicted. She checks a gun and she walks out. That's what you do when you're not enthusiastic about something. Like when you go into work, you just pace around, drink a beer, and then leave for work. <laughs> right? So that's how it is. This is characters, remember. Anyone listening to this, this is just characters <laughs> that, we, that we're playing. So we cut to the most... Yeah, the, your character has one beer in real life. You're like three or four <laughs> by 9am. <laughs> the character's a better version of you. <laughs> He's got, he's got it together better, is what you're saying. Yeah. Right, okay. We cut to the most 80s music ever, coming out of a ghetto blaster on a table, as a woman is dancing in her kitchen. This is Alicia, who is, and I didn't quite put this together at first, but she's the woman that was talking to Marion at the quote-unquote news studio. And I thought it was just Marion's roommate. I think it's meant to be the same woman, isn't it? Why would you... <laughs> no, Why would you share a, a, a place with your boss? <laughs> Maybe that's why they're so familiar with each other at work because they they're, they're actually roommates. Or oh, that that crosses so many HR laws. It does. It does. You'd never get away with that today, would you? No. Suddenly, there's a knock at the at the door. It's a police detective who we only see from behind at this point. Yes. I wonder why. He tells Alicia that there's been an incident in the area and that he's just making inquiries. She invites him in Mm -hmm. and goes off to make him a coffee. Yeah, even though these cops don't have the best reputation anyway. Exactly, yeah. And and did you see that he's completely changed his outfit? He's even wearing a a cowboy hat. Yeah, why not? That's what he wears when he's pretending to be a cop. It's the only time we see it, though. When we see him again, he's back to his normal clothes. It's horses outside. You just don't ah, see it. Right, okay. And we see now that the officer is really Becker as he pulls out a switchblade. Ooh. 
Roxanne contacts Billy, saying that she only wants to help Tucker. Meanwhile, Tucker and Marion are parked in an alley when Adams calls him on the vid phone. Don't know. Right. Don't know how you can just do that. Okay. Adams also, ex- on. You're, you're on the run from cops and killers. Why would you just perk up somewhere? <laughs> he spends a lot of time parked in an alley, doesn't he, I noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Adams explains that they can sort this out man to man, but Tucker just cuts him off. Yeah, he's not, he's not wasting his time with this Adams guy. He's not. And we cut to a shot of Adams <laughs> just enjoying just enjoyed a glass of whiskey. And he goes on for like not, five minutes, this shot, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he pours a drink. He takes a, a sip. Mm-hmm. <sighs> he puts his glass down. He just stirs at the glass for a bit. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to have another drink of that. Picks it up again. Takes a sip. <laughs> I was waiting for something then, to happen. I was no, waiting for then, something to happen. And then I'm guessing at some point someone must have gone, and cut. Beautiful. <laughs> I was waiting for him to, yeah. to suddenly fly into a rage and throw the glass across the room or something or smash the bottle. Or, but no, he's just enjoying a nice drop of whiskey. Yeah. Do you think it was real whiskey? <laughs> it probably um, was, wasn't it? Probably was, yeah. It's yeah. cheaper to get real stuff than mm. fake it. That's why he was enjoying it so much. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm getting paid to sit here and drink whiskey. <laughs> I'll just, do this. It's just so bizarre. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> so back in the alley, the cops approach the Jeep, but Tucker gets a jump on them. He shoots one dead and he interrogates the other who explains that all they want is the money, the bounty on Tucker. That's all they want. They're not interested in the girl. Also, they tracked him. Mm-hmm. How? The computer in the car? See, so, this is, this is wouldn't a, it be a good idea to ditch the bloody car? But th- this is the thing, isn't it? This is, this, is, this, is, <laughs> this is a problem that comes up time and time again in this film. That the, There are all these holes that could be easily plugged with just a couple of lines. Right. But they don't. They just leave it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, ditch the car, get a different car. You don't need it. Ah, but then he wouldn't be able to talk to Billy, would he? On his little vid phone thing. Oh, yeah, because Billy's been useful. (laughs) He he keeps reminding me about the remote control for the R. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's that's true. It's like he's a remote reminder. All right, yeah. If he wasn't there, you know, he'd have have forgotten it by now. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah, he'd be dead at the end. All right. Suddenly, a third cop appears, aiming his weapon at Tucker. The two hunters start celebrating already. I can't believe it, man. We got the one and only John Tucker. It's a bit premature, this, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a premature celebration. Yeah, you don't want that. You don't. No. But suddenly, the third bounty hunter shoots the other one dead. He wants the money all to himself before aiming again at Tucker. Luckily... There's a lot of luckilies involved in this, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Luckily, <laughs> well, Roxanne all... arrives. So Roxanne's yeah. tracked him as well. Well, they're all just using his car. It's got the computer in, apparently. That's fine. That's fine. She arrives and she kills the cop. She jokes about taking him in and collecting the bounty for herself. But, you know, she's always been sweet on him. And she tells him that he can go. Yeah. But, but then she says, like, next time, 
it'll be different. Why? 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 Why would it? Why are you not going to let him go if you meet him again? Or are you just going to wait and then run around the corner and then meet him? And go, ah, this is next time. I think the implication is that next time he can't put her off anymore. He, she's going to get what she wants. Oh, him. okay. All right. You know. Also, wouldn't a good use of Billy's time be a figure a way of blocking them from tracking this computer? But he's just fixated on. This remote control, isn't he? Yes, yeah. <laughs> but yes, it would. Yeah, that would make sense. Bit better use for his time. Tucker and Marion drive away. Is it over? She asks him. <sighs> no, replies Tucker. But he says it in a way like he's really, really tired of the movie. <laughs> no, 13 more days of filming. <laughs> Unfortunately for Roxanne, Becca slits her throat. Yeah. Uh, why? <laughs> but he finds her, so he's tracking him as well. Yeah, but why does he kill Roxanne? He doesn't know what Roxanne's done, unless he was watching. Yeah, he... And if he was watching, why didn't he get Tucker? Exactly. exactly. He just killed her for no reason. No. He likes to kill people, though, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, that's true, because he killed that assistant. Yeah. This is why you shouldn't send Becca out to do anything. He just keeps <laughs> killing everybody. So it's not. What if you said Becca? I sent him out for pizzas. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Three days Everyone's later. dead in the pizza place. <laughs> so now it's night time, and Tucker and Marion are parked in an alley, another alley. Yeah. Or is it the same in alley? The, you can tell. In in the trackable car. Yes. And she asks him about his personal life for some reason. And Tucker then launches into a monologue about how his partner was killed and how he phoned Billy when he was six years old and mm -hmm. took him in and kind of raised him like he's his son. None of this has been mentioned previously. There's been no lead up to this. Nope. And it doesn't really go anywhere or matter. Oh, no, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> it's completely pointless. Uh, I love the way that you're just accepting all this, Colin. It's, it's, it's like the new you. I don't... <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, a chopper appears overhead. Oh, now you're into it, aren't you? Yeah, and starts chasing them for a bit, firing at them, but obviously missing. Yeah, but, and then... Marion goes, my God, they're shooting. Yes. <laughs> Has she not been conscious for the last 30 minutes? She also screams out, oh, my God, I can't take this. I know how she feels. <laughs> 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 so, so this uninteresting chase goes on for a bit with Tucker yep. firing back. He's just, he's just kind of like leaning out of the car with his hand and just shooting upwards. That, oh yeah, that, he's not aiming. He's not aiming. But no. they, but they're not aiming either because they can't shoot him either. So all as bad as each other. So this this goes on and on, and then for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, Grimes. Do you remember Grimes, the 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 yeah, dog collar Mr. wearing Mister Priest, Mr. Priest yeah. guy? He appears. Pulls out a rocket launcher and destroys the helicopter. Yeah. 
Uh, why? Well, is it to annoy Adams? Yeah, because he wants the journalist to go on TV and. But how did he know what Adam... was going on? How did he know? <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no answer to that. There's no, and how did he just happen to be there? With is a he rocket just following launcher. That heli- following that helicopter all day. Driving around with a rocket launcher in the, in yeah. the rear of the car. Oh, okay. And when we assume he's driving around, we don't see a car. He could just be walking with it everywhere. <laughs> he's with a henchman, isn't he? And the henchman gives it to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like golfer. You have a caddy, right? Carries your bags. So he has a guy. He just follows him carrying a rocket launcher. And he's like, ah, I love the uh, seven iron strike missile, I think, for this. Well, you never know when a rocket launcher could come in handy, do you? Yeah. I mean, he blows it up and the guy should have gone, nice shot, sir. Now, that would have been funny. Yeah. Or... Or, like you say, he takes the rocket launcher out of a golfing bag and hands it to him and then says, nice yeah. shot. Now, yeah. that's a joke. Yeah, it is. We, we don't get that. And then we don't see Grimes ever again, do we, after this? He's gone. Nope, that's it. He's yeah. done. <laughs> isn't that that's an amazing piece of work, isn't it? <laughs> write a character in. The only reason that character is in this film is for that scene, for him to shoot the helicopter. <laughs> and, and even her heroes can't explain it because she's like, what happened? And he's like, I don't know, but I'm glad it did. <laughs> That's it. That, that is exactly what happens. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, two scenes and he's out. <laughs> so he probably shot both things in one day, didn't he? Yeah, probably. I mean, mm. not even totally sure. It, could, it might not even been Grimes. It's just in the distance, a guy in a dog collar could have been anybody. <laughs> so, so we cut back to Adam, still enjoying his whiskey. He is. He's still drinking his whiskey. Oh, he's got a, yeah, long day ahead. Yeah, and, and that scene, this, this cut doesn't go anywhere either. He just gets a bit annoyed and then it cuts away from him. Doesn't he snap his pencil? Or something? He does. He snaps does a, a pencil. pencil. You're right, yes. Yes. Yeah, he can't. He can't understand how pencils work. But how? How does he? I'm guessing he snaps his pencil because he's 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 he knows about the helicopter being destroyed. But how does he know about it? Oh, I assumed that Baxter was that he was a failed artist who liked to draw in pencils, <laughs> and that he could never do noses. Oh, and so at I'm... that point, it caught to him. He was doing a nose, and yet again, he'd ruined it. And so he's just like, ah! Snaps so I completely his pencil. missed the point of the scene, there, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he drinks whiskey to to reach his ah, artistic see, muse. It's such such a nuanced script that it, it goes right over my head. You know, I'm used yeah. to ca- carry yeah. on movies and and seventies uh, horror. You know, it's <laughs> that's right, you know. that's right. You just you're lost with this. I am. So Tucker and Marion arrive at Alicia's, only to find that she's been murdered quite graphically by Becca. Blood everywhere. Yeah, he's really had a go at her. He has, he has, with his blade. Finally, Marion explains that all this is about the tape. Yeah, Are you, let's see if you let's see if you say it. Go on. What else do we discover? <laughs> go on. What are you what are you what are you thinking? She says she doesn't know what's on the tape. <laughs> but she's already said that she does know what's on the tape. But she doesn't know what it shows. She just knows it shows corruption. 
She doesn't know any. She actually says, I don't know what's on the. What kind of journalism is this? What, what is she reading the copy? And she doesn't know what's on the. Who took this tape? Is there even a tape? Maybe not. Maybe it's all in her head. She just happens to pick the guy who is crooked. Maybe both her and Alicia don't even work there. They're yeah, they're not really journalists. No. no. I, no, I just actually, I, I didn't catch that, I have to say. Because <laughs> he asked her what's on the tape that's so special, and she's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, whoa! <laughs> All right. Oh, this is terrible. It really is terrible. So Tucker reassures her by having a bit of a grope. Mm-hmm. That's uh, how you reassure people, Paul. All the time. No, I don't. What am I saying? Um, he tells her that he won't let anyone kill her. And then, almost as an afterthought, he cocks his gun and he says, I'm going to kick some fucking ass. But then it cuts away just as I swear he's about to start laughing. If you watch it, because it... Oh, really? When, when, he, when he, cod- he gives her a cuddle and he tells her, I'm going to make sure that no nobody hurts you, no, I'm, you know, all that. The scene's over there. I'm sure it is because there's a little gap. Right. And then he just... As an afterthought, cocks the gun into the camera and says, and I'm going to kick some fucking ass. And he's about to start laughing. It's like it's just occurred to him to do that. Oh, it's, a, it's a nice line. It sells, it sells the scene. <laughs> Is that all right? Okay. It's not the fact that he, he was, he's blind, stinking drunk and it was the first thing that popped into his head. <laughs> Can we say what we like about David Carradine now? I mean... <laughs> And you have to cut that out. Not sure. Well, you you are. That's true. I've, I've got away with it so far. So it's the morning and they're driving again. Mm. More driving. T- yep. Tucker calls Billy on the vid phone and he asks him to hack into the main computer back at Cops. Mm. We don't know why. No. Mm-hmm. So he can do that, can he? Well, it, it doesn't. He hacks into it at the beginning of the film so that Tucker gets all the uh, That's true, yes. wanted notices yes. before anybody else does. That's true. See? Jigsaw puzzle parts, like a jigsaw it puzzle. Is, it all is. fits together. It is, it's amazing. So we cut to Marion waking up in bed at Tucker's place. I presume it's Tucker's place. Oh, I thought it was her own place. But her place is where the dead woman was, isn't it? Yeah, well, they just throw a rug over that. <laughs> Well, she she wakes up, so I'm presuming the connotation here is that they've had a bit of a bit of a cuddle in the night. Oh, I, I kind of just assumed that she was in bed and he was on the sofa. Is that what you assumed? Yeah, just just cocking his gun repeatedly all night. <laughs> We've all been there. Um, all she can hear is that sound, and she's like, "I wish he'd stop." <laughs> and after five minutes, though, he's oh, and then it just stops. <laughs> <laughs> He's finished. I think it'd be funny if he just kept going all night. <laughs> Still doing it when she walks out in the morning, yeah. Yeah, he's just stood in the morning cocking his gun. <laughs> but it, but she gets up looking for him and he's not there. But he's left her a note, which he's stuck to the underside of a of a of a of a light fitting, of a lampshade. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, isn't that where you put your notes? I usually leave them like on a table or you know somewhere where where you know. <laughs> he's like I I usually leave them scrawled in blood on the mirror. <laughs> not not for a long time, Colin. 
But that's but, but that's only when I'm in somebody else's house. Exactly, exactly. You never do it on your own, you know. Because I don't know where they keep. I don't know where they keep the notebooks. This is true. This is true, and, and everyone knows that you don't. Yeah. You don't crap on your own doorstep, do you? So it's true. So the note says, "I have to do this alone." <laughs> Why? He's in the bathroom. <laughs> yes. Still cocking his gun. <laughs> she, she's like, oh my God, he's gone to meet Adams. He's like, no, no, I'm in here. Give it 10 minutes. <laughs> anyway, Tucker arrives back at the scrapyard that we saw at the beginning of the movie where he crushed the guy in the car. Yeah, because don't forget, we only have three locations. Exactly. So Tucker has apparently called Adams, who is waiting with Becca and a few of his more, a few more of his goons. At the scrapyard. Mm. Yep. Adams thinks that he's come to give him the girl, but Tucker says no, he's come to take him in. Yeah, even though oh, he's not wanted yet, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we don't know what's on this tape, so he doesn't even know if he's got any evidence. No, it could be just a clown birthday party <laughs> for all he knows. <laughs> Adams finds this amusing, and a fight breaks out. Tucker kills the other two goons straight away, and the gunfight carries on with Adams and Becker. And there's some of those creeping around the scrapyard shots as everyone's looking for each other. It's uh, tense. Yeah. Oh, there's no tense. It's just cars. <laughs> it's a junkyard. <laughs> Finally, Tucker shoots and grazes Adams. And he's about to finish him off. Ooh, uh. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself like that again. Right. Finally, Tucker grazes Adams and he's about to finish him off. When Becca, <laughs> when Becca shoots him in the arm, dropping his gun, Becca rolls up his sleeves. Just you and me now, asshole. What's all right? <laughs> <laughs> just shoot him. Yes, I know, but he doesn't do that. He throws his gun down, takes off his jacket, rolls his sleeves up, and we get a fist fight because you know David Carradine. You've got to you've got to get some kung fu in there somewhere, haven't you? But I say kung fu, yeah, you know. It's not really good, is it? It's a really it's slow. <laughs> it's about as far from really good as you can get. Yeah. Um, Tucker takes a bit of a beating at first, and at one point, Becca says, "Get up, Tucker. I want some more of your ass." Oh, you're reading these lines in a different way. <laughs> How do you want me to do it? Get up, Tucker. I want some more of your ass. That sounds better. All right. Finally, Tucker does some quote-unquote moves. (laughs) And he manages to beat Becca down onto the floor. Adams, meanwhile, has jumped into a car and escaped. Mm -hmm. Tucker reloads his gun and walks away. But suddenly, Becca comes back. This is like wrestling, isn't it? Oh, it is, yeah. Hitting Tucker with a two-by-four. Standing over Tucker, <laughs> Becca... It is like wrestling. It is. Standing over Tucker, Becca pulls his switchblade out. It told me you were the best, he says. Hell, I've killed tougher women than you. Mm. It's not so That's what we'll say on that one. That is it. No. Just as it uh, looks as though he's done for, Tucker remembers something. What's he got in his pocket? Oh, he remembers... Um, oh, I don't know. Did, did, did they mention it in the film a couple of times? I don't know, because if they did, it was so subtle that, that mm-hmm. we almost missed it, I think. Yeah, yeah. What is it, Paul? It's a remote control. <gasps> it's very high-tech looking as well. It's got two buttons on it. 
Oh, that, it doesn't need those, though. He only uses one. <laughs> he uses the one button. <laughs> one, one button too many. I think he's got a red light on it as well, hasn't it? That, be, that flashes. Pass it, pass away. I laugh if he pressed it and a little car came off driving along. <laughs> it's the wrong it remote control. A, it was just a gift. It didn't really do anything. That's why I kept trying to make you use it. <laughs> or all he does is switch the lights on back in his apartment. Oh, yeah. no. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, it's the 80s, it's just big track comes trundling along. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would be better than what we get. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do with that, smirks Becca? Change channels? No. Nice. Oh. Tucker activates the switch. Mm. <laughs> He's Jeep. <laughs> I, I'm trying to say it without laughing. So the, to the back of his Jeep opens up, mm-hmm. remote controlled. This is one button yep. that's doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, so far, I'm okay with this. Remote control. Back, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have the those, case. The fine. case opens that's holding the arm. A little hard to explain how the clasps on the case are opened by a remote control, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a clasp. Yes, yeah, it's, no, just, it's no, just like a clasp on a, on a music on yeah. a music case. Yeah, it's right. The mechanical arm then raises up and flies through the air. What? It's no. amazing, isn't it? What's powering it? Because there's no there's no exhaust coming out of the back of it. There's no enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I, I thought maybe it was blind stupidity that was powering it. To be oh, honest, but... could be. Yeah. It flies. <laughs> oh. I'm trying. I'm really trying to say this with a straight face. It, it, it flies through the air and then mm-hmm. repeatedly punches Becca in the face over and yeah. over again. Yeah. Before strangling him around the throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, as, when it's finished with Becca, Becca collapses on the floor. The, the, the glove turns around <laughs> and g- gives Tucker a thumbs up. <laughs> Well, yeah, an okay sign. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, an yeah. okay sign. Wait, wait, wait. So, so Tucker is also controlling this, so he, and he's just pressing the same button all the time, and it's doing all these different things. Did he make the glove do an okay sign to himself? He he gave himself an okay sign. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, the only is other that answer is that the only other answer is that the glove's partly sentient. Yes, that is the only other answer, and I can't I can't buy that. Sorry, I draw the line, but. <laughs> and then the glove yes, go on. flies back into the case, mm-hmm. which then closes. And they missed the trick. They didn't have the clasps reclass themselves. They should have done that. I'm and surprised. There should have been a, it should have been a delay. Like the glove flies in, the case closes, and then there's just nothing for a second. And then the clasps just go click. <laughs> it is a it is a thing of wonder isn't it it's it's something to really see this yeah Tucker must have been laying there going why didn't I press the remote like 10 minutes ago <laughs> well I wanted to get his hands dirty obviously you know oh yeah so Tucker races through the streets talking to Billy on the vid phone in his in his uh, jeep who is uh, still furiously hacking away into the system. Yeah. Meanwhile, disheveled Adams arrives back at the cops' headquarters. Billy is still hacking, and he gets into the system. And this is illustrated by some 
what would you call it? Commodore 64 graphics or actually that, yeah, they're, they're not, yeah, a bit, a bit, a little late for Commodore 64. Yeah. Okay. I, I couldn't remember what the year of the film was, but you, you get the idea that that kind of, yeah, whatever was available at the time, <laughs> they could do the, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he discovers that a bounty has now been placed on his head as well. Oh, Billy's head. Is he balancing it? <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, Billy hears a door open. It's Becca. He's back. <laughs> Do you see Becca? Yeah, it's Becca. Oh, yeah. Stood it's in okay. the doorway. Can't remember. Who shoots Billy? Um, how did Becca know about Billy? See, again, you're you're asking these questions. Oh, of which okay. Sorry. I, I truly cannot help you. <laughs> okay. All right. Tucker arrives back at Cops HQ and Adams orders all the other cops to kill him. Mm. But Tucker says that he is surrendering to due process. Oh. When, yeah. when, when have we had due process in any of this film up to this point? You can relinquish your right to die and then they can take you in. I suppose, I suppose. See, that's clever writing then. So that set all that up earlier in the movie, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Adams offers 100,000 for anyone who kills Tucker there and then. It's a tense situation. Tucker glances nervously at the readout on the wall, whispering, Come on, Billy. Luckily, Billy isn't quite dead yet. No, he's got a little bit of strength left, right? He has. He's just laying there in a pool of blood. And he manages to reach up and hit that one key on the computer. And then he dies. Well, I think he hits enter. He doesn't hit the one key. (laughs) It's very nitpicky. All right. (laughs) (laughs) On the readout on the wall in the office, Adam's name now appears. He's wanted for murder. Seems I'm starting to think there's some flaws in this system. (laughs) Anyone can just hack into it and put anyone's name on it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the cops all then turn and train their guns on Adams. As Tucker walks away, he says, He's all yours. And they fire about 500 rounds into him in yeah. slow motion. A lot of squib <laughs> in work. Very slow motion. A lot of squib work. Yeah. You, those... you, you just. You just know this director was really proud of this shot, don't you? Oh, yeah. Because he's obviously absolutely. shot it from different angles as well, hasn't he? It's like yeah. multiple camera shots as well. This is the money shot. And I bet they only did it once. And he, he had coverage on every single angle yep. he could get it on. So that they, yeah. yeah. But do you think if the LED sign had said, arrest yourselves, those cops would have arrested themselves? Because they seem very <laughs> easily led by this sign. <laughs> they do just do whatever it says, yeah. Yeah. They probably they the, would. The names have <laughs> come up. They'll shot themselves. Yeah. They'll shot themselves. Well, I'll choose death. And they just kill themselves. Yeah, except one guy is the guy who does the check marks, and he's just like <laughs> putting check marks everywhere on his furiously scribbling on the board. Yeah, going on the wall. <laughs> the cops then turn to Tucker. What now? They ask. Start over, right? He says. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's all right then. Just <laughs> yeah, just just yeah. It's okay. There's no, there's no inquiries into all these bodies littered everywhere. No. No. Well, <laughs> no. it's a lawless place. It is. Outside, Marion meets Tucker 
So she's she's followed him back to the cops. Place. Yeah. Let's go, she says. Oh, that sounded like him, didn't it? Let's go, she says. Where? he asks. Anywhere you want to take me, she replies. Well, I'll tell you what we could do. We can take a, a very slow drive up that street for ages before the credits yes. appear. We could. There's a bit more before that happens, though, isn't there? But I was thinking, oh, hang on. Yeah. She, met, she met him, what, a day ago? Yeah. She's seen him kill multiple people. He's obviously a yeah. bit of a psycho. Mm-hmm. And she's going to go off with him now. Yeah, women, women love a bit of a psycho. Is that right? Yeah. Is that right? Especially in the yeah. 80s. Okay, I'll take your <clears throat> take your opinion and knowledge on that one, Colin. Okay, <laughs> experience—that's the word I was thinking of. Anyway, they're walking back to the jeep. I'm in arm. When Becca springs out of nowhere in slow motion, aiming his gun again, like Diard. <laughs> Tucker draws. He fast draws, actually. Well, he doesn't. He does it in slow motion, mm. and he shoots Becca dead. Finally, he's dead. Marion and Tucker climb into the jeep and drive away, watched by the rest of the hunters who all come out just to watch all this. Yeah, like frozen. Did that again? I said hunters again, didn't I? That's okay. I don't mind. No. I knew that would be ca- a cause a problem. Wait, what about Billy? Oh no, you know, no, the, no mention. The, no mention of Billy. Doesn't give a shit. Yeah, the computer genius that just saved his life twice. That built his robotic arm. That he's looked after like his own since, you know, he was six years old. Ah, just, just fuck him. <laughs> yeah. He's dead. No, there's just no... And nothing in why... Oh, Roxanne isn't here in the cop's place. Well, in all fairness, he wasn't interested in her anyway, was he? Yeah, Brushing but he should at least so. recognise that she's dead. <laughs> Saved his life. <laughs> nothing. But no, they, they go off together in the car very slowly, as you say. Yeah. Driving off into the distance. And that really is the end of Future Force. Wow, Future Force, eh? Mm. So, Colin, what did you think of Future Force? As a, a an action film, it, it fails. But as a soaring commentary on the uh, dilemma of privatizations of security and law, I think it works quite well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know it's, it's a terrible film. It, it's it's badly written. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. There's plot holes everywhere. It feels like it was just thrown together at the last second. There is a kind of stupid charm about it. I can understand why it's, some people consider it a cult classic. Uh, don't pull a face at me. I didn't say I did. I just said I can understand why. I haven't said a word. I'm just sitting here, just listening to everyone. I, didn't, I didn't say you said a word. I said you pulled a face. I didn't pull a face. It's just my face, Colin. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, um, so the action is not great. It's badly filmed. It's slow. The dialogue is awful. It's not much dialogue actually in the film. Um a short running time, which is a positive. I like that. Yes. But it could have been 20 minutes shorter if you cut out all the weird establishing shots that don't establish things. It it, it reminded me, it's, it's, it's like a glorified, slightly more violent episode of one of those cheaply made cop shows that we used to get in the 90s. You know, the ones that yeah. were always shot on yeah. videotape. And, yeah. And, yeah, reminded me of something like that. 
But go on. Yeah. Carry on. So, overall, uh, it's a hit. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's a it's a miss. It's a miss. I I did have a little. I did have kind of fun watching it, but it's a miss. Well, uh, all I can say is that we've watched some good stuff for this podcast, and we've watched some great stuff for this podcast. And Future Force is most definitely not any of those. It's um. What can I say about it that you haven't said? It's like you say, terrible acting performances. It's an awful performance from David Carradine. It's it's almost like he's yeah. he, it's almost like he doesn't care about the material. Ooh. I know that's strange. Um, he kind of looks like he's just woken up five minutes before the director called action as well in a lot of the scenes. Maybe he had. I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, you yeah. you'd want to sleep through it, wouldn't you? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, you sure even woke yeah. up. <laughs> the action is. Badly shot, badly edited. I mean, I call it action, but it's not really action. Story's terrible. It's yeah, it's it's one hour and twenty minutes, but it felt longer for me. I thought it was really boring at times. And and the weird thing is, that it wasn't the it wasn't the the scenes with the terrible dialogue and the terrible performances that were boring because they weren't because they were so hilarious that they weren't boring. The boring was the action. That was the boring part. Right, right. Yeah. And all I can say is, Colin, where the hell did you dig this movie up from? <laughs> what? This is. Let's just tell the listeners. This is your. You put this forward for us to do on the podcast, and I was like, great, yeah, something yeah. I've not seen. Yeah, we'll do it. But what possessed you to even watch it in the first place? <laughs> um, I don't know how I came across it. I think I just saw it and it's like, oh. Late 80s action film, David Carradine. It's got a sequel, so there must have been something happening with the first one yeah. for them to bother to do a follow up. I'll give it a go. And then I watched it. I was like, I can't believe this is actually a film. <laughs> and, and then I thought, I, I, can't, I can't just suffer alone. I need to spread that pain. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for spreading it. That sounded wrong. You're welcome. That sounded wrong. <laughs> <laughs> painful film super spreader I felt like it afterwards I tell you um, it certainly is not a hit it doesn't even fall into I don't even even think it falls into that so bad it's good category because it's it's not oh I, I think it no I, I think but there is I feel there is some sense of enjoyment about it because it is so bad well I mean I, I like I said before I agree that 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 the acting in it is so bad and the dialogue is so bad that those were the bits that I enjoyed. Hmm. Um, right. But it's not It's not a hit. I couldn't say I hated it. I didn't like it. <laughs> right. I didn't like it at all. But I didn't hate it. It didn't, it, it, it didn't offend me. It's just bad. It's just terrible. So no, it's not a hit. So thanks for that, Colin. <laughs> uh, you're, you're welcome. I look forward to doing the sequel. Well, this time next year, I'll see. <laughs> see, see, I'll see you here this time next year. We'll do, we'll do the sequel. Okay. Well, on that note, thank you for listening and downloading. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you to our patron supporters, and that's the end of another episode of Retrospection. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.